Greetings, precious humans. Poet and playwright Neil Marcus said, Disability is not a brave struggle or courage in the face of adversity. Disability is an art. It's an ingenious way to live. I couldn't agree more. My name is Laura Legendary, and you're listening to Legendary Insights. Legendary Insights. It's nice to have you back with me. Thank you for tuning in. I just returned from beautiful, sunny Sacramento, California, where I attended the California Council of the Blind State Convention, where I was an exhibitor for my company, Elegant Insights Braille Creations. So shout out to all of the CCB attendees who stopped by my booth to say hello and check out my beautiful Braille jewelry. I hope you love your pretty, pretty things. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to attend the ACB National Convention this summer which I believe is being held in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm inclined to think I probably will attend, simply because I've never been to St. Louis, Missouri before. It sounds like a lovely place. I understand there are a number of wonderful, touristy, sightseeing things to do, and I think that if I've been to Missouri, I've only driven through as a child while on some epic family road trip vacation. I really have no memory of ever being there. So it sounds like an interesting place to visit, and I'm still trying to decide whether or not I'm going to make the trip. But if I do, I will let you know, because the next episode of Legendary Insights will air the first Thursday in June. And the summer conventions will begin a few weeks thereafter, so I'll have an opportunity to let you know whether you will see me in St. Louis. I'd like to remind you that this episode is part two of an ongoing series that I think will probably be three parts total, where the subject matter is all about financial literacy. And in the episode I plan to post in June, my plan is to have a couple of guests who each have something interesting to bring to the table with respect to their own experience with financial literacy. And we're going to talk about everything from basics to Bitcoin. So I invite you to continue to tune in as we discuss all things Finance 101. But today, we are going to rejoin an interview sort of in progress, which I conducted with my guest, Jonathan Simeone. If you were with me for my episode in February, you know that I began the series with part one, Exploring Able Accounts, and today is going to be part two. As it turns out, my conversation with Jonathan was so interesting, I talked far longer than I had expected to, and I had so much material that I decided to break the show up into two parts so that we could continue the conversation in this episode and hopefully answer some of your questions. As it turns out, we did have a couple of follow-up questions, so what I plan to do 
is to replay the first question I asked in the first episode on ABLE Accounts, just to refresh your memory as to what ABLE Accounts actually are and how you might benefit by them. And then I'm going to continue on with the remainder of the original interview in this part two. After that portion of the interview concludes, I am going to ask Jonathan a couple of the follow-up questions that you sent in, and he's going to cover some differences between ABLE accounts and other kinds of savings and investment accounts. For example, the difference between an ABLE account and a 401k, for those of you who don't happen to know. So please stay tuned for the end of the show where Jonathan will answer your questions. And then, of course, I'll give his contact details again if you didn't happen to catch him in the previous show. I do strongly recommend, however, that you listen to part one of my ABLE accounts series because the information is so valuable. And if you are simply picking up here in this second episode, you may be a little lost. Jonathan does go over in great detail some of the most important information you need to know about how to apply for and to manage an ABLE account. If you aren't already subscribed to podcasts via iTunes, I recommend that you download a podcatcher such as Overcast or Downcast or use the Apple Podcasts app and search through iTunes for Legendary Insights because the show airs, as you know, here on ACB Radio Mainstream. And the show does repeat, although in a few weeks, the show is pushed out to iTunes as a podcast. So if you're interested in part one, please navigate to iTunes, look for Legendary Insights ACB, download part one of Able Accounts and any of the other shows you may have missed over the past couple of years, and then come back and listen to this part two. Finally, before we get rolling, I want to make the same disclaimer I made in the first episode, which is to say that this program is by no means to be used as a substitute for sound financial advice from a legal or financial professional. Please do not consider any information you hear on this program to be financial advice. Please consult with your banker or financial institution or personal financial manager, if you have one, and double-check as to whether or not the information you hear on Legendary Insights is suitable for your financial needs. Okay, well, that's out of the way. So, let's get going. My guest is Jonathan Simeone. Jonathan was educated in Boston, Massachusetts, and is a licensed practitioner of disability law, and he has also worked in finance and politics. Hey, Jonathan, thanks for coming back on the show. So as to refresh our memory, or for the benefit of those who didn't join us for the first episode, would you please explain again, what is an ABLE account? For the vast majority of users, an ABLE account is an investment account. Why is it called an ABLE account? The ABLE account is resulted from the Stephen Beck Jr. Achieving a Better Life Experience Act. And the 
basic form, the idea is that it allows people with disabilities to save money tax-free. One of the best features of the ABLE accounts is that the money in them does not count against asset limits for means-tested benefits programs like SSI, Medicaid, and SNAP. Is there a minimum amount you're required to contribute or a frequency with which you're required to contribute? So this depends on the state plan you sign up with. Um, so for specifics, I think people should look at that if that's something they want to know about. But basically, you can contribute as, I think, as low as a dollar to start and some, some places require a $50 contribution to start. Um, so it really depends on, on the state, how, it, how that goes. So you would definitely encourage our listeners to go to the ABLE Resource Center website, which I will tweet out the link to, and get information not only about their specific state, but to conduct some investigation into what other state plans might be beneficial because you're not limited to opening up an account that is offered by your own state. Do I have that right? That's right. And one thing that people, and if you're contributing your own money um, and you you pay taxes, you might want to, one thing you might want to check into is, um, does your state offer an income tax deduction on contributions? That may be something you care about. It may be something you don't care about. But, but basically, shopping around, if you have the time and, and, the, and the patience, is really uh, a good idea because there are some differences they're not earth-shattering, but they might make a big difference depending on your own personal circumstances. That's interesting because in my state, there is no state income tax. So I wonder if I were to open an ABLE account offered by a different state, if I would be subject to their state income tax? No. That's interesting. Because you're not, you're, you're not earning income in that state. You're just using their ABLE program. I see. So, Fascinating. When do you pay taxes on this money? Well, if you're contributing money, as I said, you can't deduct that from your taxes, so you're paying it there. Um, you're paying it on before it's contributed. Um, but once you put the money in, you can take it out tax-free. So let's just give a wild example. So let's say somebody over time invests $150,000 into their ABLE account over years, and they wind up with $400,000 in it, and then they take it out. They want to buy a home. The um, $250,000 that they got from the investment is entirely tax-free at the federal level. But the income tax they had to pay on that money as they earned it from their job, they already paid income taxes on it before Correct. it was deposited into their account. Correct. But all of the growth money is tax-free. And if you, if you leave it in there for a while, you know, because of, I don't want to get too technical, but because of how compounding works, that's an extraordinary advantage. 
Well, and I think that is important to point out to the audience, because if you don't have a savings account or an investment account, and, you know, since interest rates basically tanked, you know, Back in the day, you could get whatever, 5, 8, 10% interest on a savings, a passbook savings account. Nowadays, you get a fraction of a percent. It's not even worth it to have a savings account anymore. But the audience needs to know that if you have a savings account, if you're growing interest on that savings account, if you have an investment account, if you are reaping rewards, financial gain from that investment account, you pay taxes on that gain. Normally you do, yes, unless it's in a retirement account like an IRA or, a, you know, uh, or an IRA wouldn't just under a lot of circumstances. But that we're getting way too technical. But, but yes, this is one of the few ways that a person may, can save for retirement or, you know, not retirement, but can save investing money without being taxed on it. I think that's really important to point out, technical or not, because it's been a long time since a passbook savings account generated enough interest for someone to really create an issue with respect to having to pay taxes on it. I mean, you know, you get a what is it, a 1099 from your bank if you have a savings account to tell you how much interest you've earned. And it's typically so negligible, um, most people don't really concern themselves with taking a huge tax hit on the interest they earn from their savings account. So I think it's important to know that here, in an, with an ABLE account, you can grow the money depending on what type of investment you choose, and as little or as much as you may make, you will not be paying paying taxes on that growth. Right. And I think that's that's one of the real, as I said, that that's the real attraction to this is as long as your investment goes up, you are essentially making money tax-free. That's how people should look at it. You are making tax-free money when you take it out. Well, when you put it that way, I'm going to make a beeline for that website. <laughs> I'm going to look into this today. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I can't stress it enough. I, I, I know for a lot of people, the whole idea of the stock market and investing is maybe even scary, you know, but, but it's really worth it. And even if you, one thing I guess that people might, might make people feel better is you can change your investment strategy twice per calendar year without any penalty. So let's say you want to open an account, you're a little worried about it, so you start off in a plan that's 20% stocks and 80% bonds. If you decide later, hey, this is going well, I'm, I'm, my investment's grown a little bit, I'm going to be a little more aggressive, you can then change the plan. But alternatively, if you start off and you say, hey, the stock market's really doing well now, I'm going to be aggressive, and let's say a year from now the stock market starts going down, you can say, okay, that's enough, I'm going to pull back, I'm going to, I'm going to be conservative now and shelter what I have. That is fantastic, because for people who are inclined to lose sleep at night over their investments, that is a great fail-safe. And another thing just along those lines, if you just want to get started, and as these plans change, you can actually change state 
plans um, without any without any penalty. You can, you know, you can just say like if you start off in say the Iowa plan, and later you say you know this isn't meeting my needs anymore for whatever reason, I'm going to go for the Illinois plan. Um, you can do that. You can roll your Iowa able account into the Illinois able program. Wow. So you just used a word that rang my bell that I have to ask you about. Are there any penalties that people need to worry about? Basically, no. I mean, as long as you stay within the the rules and you use things the the money for qualified disability expenses. Now, if and I, I guess I should say this: if they catch you using money from an able account for a non a qualified disability expense. The penalties are very severe, uh, both in terms of taxes and it could result in people losing whatever some government benefits, depending on, you know, the, the transgression that somebody... So the odds of somebody getting caught are low, but it's really not worth it because the, the, the penalty, the, the damage somebody could do to themselves is pretty pretty high so play by the rules yeah and you know and the other thing is and this this is just maybe me but it is in my view one of the best things that laws really that has been enacted for people with disabilities in a long time and um, I think we should use it but not abuse it um, because it is such a wonderful opportunity that we We've only had since the first plan came online in 2016, so this is this is very new. That is such great information. Jonathan, I appreciate you so much. In case you missed the information from the previous program, the website for all things ABLE accounts can be found at ablenrc.org. That's A-B-L-E-N-R-C dot O-R-G. That's the ABLE Accounts National Resource Center. And of course, I'll tweet out the link during the show as I usually live tweet resources and relevant information during the first airing of the broadcast. So if that went by too fast, you can find it on my Twitter account at LLOnAir. Here are a couple of the follow-up questions that we've received from listeners. The first one is... Could you explain in as basic terms as possible the definition of a 401k? A 401k is a retirement plan set up by employers for the benefit of their employees. Under the 401k, employers typically offer a menu of investment choices that employees can select from. In 2017, employees could contribute up to $18,000 annually toward their 401k. If an employee was 50 years or older, they could contribute an additional $6,000 annually to their 401k under what's known as the catch-up provision. 
employers are allowed to match contributions to a 401k up to certain limits that the employers can set. Another question I was asked to pass along to you has to do with whether or not an ABLE account could benefit someone who is already employed. If they are full-time gainfully employed and are already receiving benefits such as a 401k through their workplace, could you describe whether or not an ABLE account would be beneficial for someone in that scenario? You can have both an ABLE account and a 401k account when deciding whether to have one or both, there are two primary things worth considering. One is the implication of federal taxation. The second thing worth considering is how much control you want over your account or accounts. Let's discuss the two accounts separately. We'll begin with the 401k. Contributions to a 401k account are considered pre-tax. This means that any amount you contribute to your 401k annually up to the contribution limit can be deducted from your federal income tax for that year. The problem with that may, for some people, be that you are taxed when you withdraw money from your 401k account. And under most circumstances, if you make a withdrawal from your 401k before the age of 59 and a half, you pay the taxation plus a 10% penalty. The ABLE account, on the other hand, is what's considered post-tax. That means that any amount of money you contribute to your ABLE account up to the annual contribution limit cannot be deducted from your federal income tax. However, as I discussed earlier, when you withdraw money from your ABLE account, the withdrawal is not taxed. There is no penalty or no taxation on the withdrawal as long as it is used for a qualified disability expense. So, when choosing whether to have an ABLE account, a 401k account, or both, it really comes down to when you want to be taxed and how much flexibility you want in terms of accessing your money. One way of looking at this and let me preface this with a caveat. I'm not a financial advisor and I'm not telling anybody what to do. But one way of looking at this would be if you have a 401k account and your employer is willing to match contributions, you should max out the matched contributions or else you are leaving money on the table. At that point, you may want to take any other money you have available for investing and put it in an ABLE account. That way, you have both maximized your employer's contribution to retirement while maintaining financial flexibility in the short, medium, and long term.
And finally, I followed up quickly with Jonathan to ask if there had been any changes to the policies regarding ABLE accounts for 2018, and he assured me that so far there have been no changes. So if you were exploring the website at the beginning of the year but had yet to make a decision, there's nothing new or different since we aired the first show, so feel free to go ahead and apply. Thanks again to my guest, Jonathan Simeone. You can find his website at jonathansimeone.com. He is on Twitter at Jonathan underscore Ufi. That's Jonathan underscore U-F-I. Ufi is his guide dog. You can also find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jonathan Simeone. And his last name is spelled S-I-M as in Mary. E-O-N as in Nancy E. That's Jonathan Simeone. Check out his website because he also has a blog and a podcast and much of this information can also be found there. So come on back in June for part three of my financial literacy series where we will have a couple of additional guests and we will talk about more money matters. Until then, live your ingenious life. Thank you for listening to Legendary Insights. Let's connect. You can follow me on Twitter at LL on Air or just do a search for Legendary Insights ACB. You can listen to Legendary Insights on the web at http colon slash slash acbradio.org slash mainstream or you can listen from the ACB Link app, which you can get from the Apple App Store. Miss an episode? Don't worry. You can also download Legendary Insights as a podcast. Just do a search for Legendary Insights in the Apple iTunes Store. This is Laura Legendary for ACB Radio Mainstream.